This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Checking in this morning on our big show, Starphone, the host of the Emmy Award-winning Dr. Oz show. What a coincidence. His name is Dr. Oz. Eponymous, yeah. Morning, Mehmet. All the time. Good morning to you. How are you? <laughs> We're doing fantastic. I was thinking about you last night, only sleeping three or four hours a night for a while. Are you tired of talking about the coronavirus yet? Well, it's not that I'm tired of talking about it. I feel badly that the country suffered so much from it. And I also feel that a lot of Americans have a huge amount of fear about the virus. Mm-hmm. Yet we're getting you know, better results generally. We're understanding more about how it's conveyed. We're starting to do the things that, uh, as a nation, we need to do to ensure we don't get huge forest fires erupting from the brush fires that are sure to happen when we get uh, small infections. And, you know, people are still scared. And I do think there was a, an effort to get people to really pay attention to the virus because the only way we could stop it was to get folks to not be near each other. And okay. some people I know have completely forgotten it and they're parting it up and not wearing masks and not socially distancing. But a lot of Americans are hunkered down at home living in fear. And I think we want to find that middle ground between those two. It's a very sensible way to look at it. And I think you're right. It's just kind of crazy because, you know, you look at, uh, let's just take Georgia. You know, it's very difficult because so many people are trying to make it a political thing. But this guy in Georgia, the governor, said, you know what, we're going to do it right. And everybody, a lot of the experts predicted it was going to be a massacre. And it would just be, and it hasn't happened. No, Governor Kemp, uh, a week before anybody else, thought it was rational, decided to open up parts of the state. I think he understood the people who live in Georgia well enough to appreciate they wouldn't all show up. I didn't think it made sense to open up tattoo parlors, but nobody really seemed to have gone to tattoo parlors, I guess, yeah. because they, they haven't had a lot of infections, and the restaurants aren't packed, and people are socially distancing, and they're doing all the right things. You know, my show today is about what's going on in Sweden, and everyone's right. focused on they, whether or not they, you know, they didn't shut down, as, as I hope everyone re- realizes. And, you know, they've had a mortality rate that's significantly higher than the other Nordic countries, but it's not higher than the other European countries. And again, they never shut down. But what they did is where we're going. They, they have to get people to understand what to do in their own day-to-day lives as individuals. They have to trust people to do the right thing, which I know takes a lot. But the basic culture shift was, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. We'll both stay safe. We'll both do okay. And except for the nursing homes where it's been a catastrophe there, but also in this country as well. Probably, you know, I'd say close to 30% of the deaths are in nursing homes. So it's when no one's really doing well in that population. But other than that, we're headed in that direction. We need to be able to replicate what's been done in other parts of the world successfully. And I, I have a great amount of confidence that we can do it. 
There was a lot of talk that Sweden, one of the things they were looking for was this herd immunity. Are they seeing that happening? They're not quite there yet. You need to get about 60% of the population who have been through a virus until mm-hmm. you basically have the firewalls to protect it from spreading as it desires. And so they're oh, maybe halfway there. So they, mm-hmm. they got some more work to do. But, but their, their argument actually isn't even that. that. They never have overtly said we're interested in getting herd immunity. Their argument was that if you shut down, you have to eventually open. And how do you do that without doing what we're doing? So you're going to eventually do what we're doing anyway. Right. So if you just sort of do what we're doing from the get-go, then you don't have all the pain. Um, that, again, we were in a unique situation in this country. You know, New York, New Jersey just got clobbered. And uh, there are a lot of other differences between Sweden and America. And, and you know, they, all, their obesity rate is 10%. Ours is 30%. Obesity is a huge risk factor, having complications. I mean, 95% of people get admitted to the hospital have a major risk factor. They're overweight, they're hypertensive, they're diabetic, they've got chronic lung issues. So we're not as healthy as the Swedes are. And plus, we live in big groups. They live by themselves. There's some other mm-hmm. reasons that, that we're not, we're not going to be just like Sweden. But generally speaking, South Korea uh, and other European countries are doing the kinds of things that we want to be doing. we got to be able to sort of copy what's working and not do what's not working. Talking to Dr. Oz, and uh, I like what you said. You, sooner or later, you're going to do it anyway. You might as well do it now and, and do it right. And th- there was another thing I want to ask you about. There was an article that ARP published this week, and it said that asthma turned out not to be a major factor in the cases. Huh. Your thoughts on that? I'm not surprised. Early on, there was a lot of debate about whether asthma was an issue at all. The Chinese did not report it as a major factor. It was a less significant issue. The major reason people seem to die is an overreaction of the immune response. And then the additional problem that the virus and that immune response both attack blood vessels. So, for example, a lot of the lung problems weren't because you couldn't move air in and out of your lungs, just because you were blocking off the blood vessels to the lungs. A lot of the heart problems were directly attacking the heart muscle, but also the blood vessels blocking off. A lot of the kidney problems, 30% of people have kidney issues. The blood vessels are getting blocked off. There's an actor who lost his leg, as you know. Uh, right, example sure. of this, the blood vessels were blocking off. So it, it, it turned out to be acquired through your lungs, but it would really hurt you in other ways as well, which is why chronic lung disease was an issue, but asthma itself wasn't. They were talking also, I think I saw this in the New York Times this weekend, that this may be an illness that we simply have to get used to, that it will continue to be around, and we have to deal with it similarly to the way we've learned to deal with the flu. What do you think about that? Without question, this is an endemic virus, and that means that it's always going to be in our species. You know, this Spanish flu that killed all those people in 1918, that Mm. virus never went away. It just became part of our population. It became part of the virus it keeps coming back every year. And the swine flu uh, uh, made, made you know, similar kinds of things happening. The, uh, the Hong Kong flu, I mean, a lot of these viruses don't really go away. They sort of hide and come back up again. Mm-hmm. So this virus is, is not going to go away. That's why a vaccine will be really good, because we could immediately get herd immunity into the 90% range, because people get a shot without getting sick. Uh, and that's the, that, that's the ultimate goal. But I, I don't think it's reasonable for us to think it's going to disappear. Plus, we, we're having more and more evidence that people have the virus get better, we think, because they test negative, mm-hmm. and then they seem to have more virus later on. There's, there's 13 sailors now in the Roosevelt out of a 1,000 who tested positive initially, who tested negative, I think twice, and then now they're back testing positive again. Now, did the virus just go hide? Uh, did it go away and then a different strain came back? We, we don't know those details, but it's not a virus that's easy to knock out of the population. Right. What do you think about uh, the New York mayor keeping the beaches closed during Memorial Day weekend when the beaches all around here 
are going to be open. I think there's a little PTSD at every level for all of us. I mean, we just saw how badly it hurt the city. I mean, our hospital at New York Presbyterian overwhelmed with patients. I mean, stuff you'd never thought you'd see in this country in this century. So I understand the reticence. And you look at what's happening in New York City itself. You know, the parks are crowded. Um, the bars are crowded. You know, the social distancing when you're 20 years old and having a good time in New York City in the summer is not easy. And the beaches are going to provide a place to congregate. You make the excellent point that those same people are just going to leave city beaches and go to yeah. the beaches on the Jersey Shore or you know, elsewhere. I personally, I think it's unfair to the people who are could only go to the city beaches. And I trust people to do the right thing because generally speaking, they have been. But I guess the mayor has access to information I don't have. So uh, someone scared him. So someone got him because they were going to open the beaches. Now you got to call the 311. When you, you see, see people any, hanging outside of bars and restaurants. You yeah. see anybody doing the wrong thing, call me. 311. <laughs> yeah, that's going to create a lot of angst. I'll tell you, uh, yeah. Americans bristle at that. We don't like being watched. I did, I did a show Friday on contact tracing. I had a lot of negative feedback. People yeah. do not want the public health service calling them when they've been diagnosed, checking in on them. And this is supposed to be helpful, by the way. These do-gooders are calling and saying, hey, can I help you? Are you okay? You have a place to shelter? Uh, can I help with your family issues? Is anyone else you've been close to that you might have gotten affected? That question, that last one, really gets people riled up. Because yeah. you know, they think they're gonna, you know, we're trying to trace them into some illicit activity they're doing. And it's, you know, it's just an effort really to try to make sure that people who are sick don't get other people sick. But, you know, and in South Korea, that is how they beat the virus. That's exactly the tactic they use, but Americans do not want that. Have you found that since you started doing television that you learn about people in America, that things that you thought were one way, and all of a sudden you get the feedback and you say, wow, I didn't have any idea that's how people felt. Now, you guys have been the public eye for much longer than I have. I know You get used to it. I, well, you get used to it, but you're surprised all the time. You don't. You think you have your finger on the pulse. And again, I'm a doctor. I deal with patients from all, everywhere, right, all kinds of backgrounds. You don't talk about this stuff that much. You talk about their health issues. So when you talk about a topic like contact tracing that you think, as someone who studied public health, as I have, you know, that's pretty benign. You know, we're going to be helpful. Let's hire 100,000 people to go out there. And these are mostly, you know, recent college grad, young people, earnest people trying to be helpful. And then a lot of the people wrote in and said, what are you talking about? It's a more overreach by the government, more intrusion with our day-to-day life. And it is a balancing act that is a challenge for every country in the world. Some countries, China, South Korea, other countries have said, you know what, we're, we're okay with that just because we don't want to have a problem with the virus. Other countries, I'm sure we're not alone, are pushing back and say, no, we, you know, we, we, we'll do it on our own. Or we won't do it well, but that's our, that's our issue. There are some politicians out there that look like some governors or mayors or whatever, and it's an opportunity for them to... Uh, make rules that will go unchallenged. Then you think, and, and, and you know, you've been around enough people who are, are power mongers, and you see it that they do get carried away sometimes. Oh yeah, you do, you do. But then you see, for example, this. There's a so South Korea basically beat this virus. There was a big nightclub uh, that that had a huge outbreak of 100 cases uh, this this past week. So you see that, and you see well, that's the other extreme. Yeah. If there had been some way to get to those folks, and again, we we were all 20 and crazy and you know having the best time of our lives, uh, and people don't want to give that up for their entire senior year, for example. Oh, yeah. And so I, I'm respectful of that desire, but it, there's potential harm from that. And even in New York City, when Governor Cuomo seemed so shocked when he said that 66% of hospital admissions now, right now, are people who are sheltering in place, people who retired. 85% of them were not working. Right? Right. So how did they get infected? Somebody left their home to do something. They yeah. have to have. <laughs> 
Dr. Oz, you're doing a show today, correct? Every day. Every day. <laughs> Headed <laughs> down to the basement. <laughs> As we talked about, every day is today. That's yeah. all we know. We don't know weekends. We don't know Saturday, Sunday. It's just today. <laughs> Dr. Oz, 1 p.m., Fox 5. Love you, man. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye, bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.